Are you content with your content? That's the series they were on right now, and today we're doing part two. Why are we hungry for content but never satisfied? Now, as much content as you digest daily, not just from the internet, from the television, from talking to others, from reading books, from observing the world around you. Are you ever satisfied, or is there a nagging sense of dissatisfaction? Yes, I think this is a universal experience, right? This universal hunger for content also leads us to ask: Why are we hungry for content but never satisfied? Look at look at the content wars that is going on constantly, relentlessly around us, where. Um, websites, marketers, politicians, and <laughs> almost everything that requires viewership is crying out for our attention, right? And the battle goes on and on, and and there is never a sense of satisfaction. Well, the answer again, we continue on part two here, uh, comes back to what happened after God. Created mankind, uh, God created mankind as we as we spoke last time to receive His words. And there are two types of revelation that we receive while being in God's world. Right, there is a natural revelation of, of just uh, receiving the information of being in God's world. We we see, we hear, we taste, we feel so many kinds of uh, uh, information. So 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 much kinds of information being in God's world. Interacting with uh, creatures, in- interacting with other human beings, uh, all those are natural re- revelation. But we were created as well to receive divine revelation directly from God Himself, and that is through Him speaking His words to us, right? And so today, let's see what happened after that. We go back to Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen, right, where God, the Lord God, commanded the man, gave him the first commandment, saying, "From any tree of the garden, of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die." So with it, it's a blessing, but it's a blessing that comes with a condition, with a boundary. Right? You you can you you can eat any tree freely. What a generous God and Creator this is! But just one tree, you shall not eat, for in that day you will surely die. And a warning that was that is also motivated by love, right? Have you noticed that true freedom can never be separated from responsibility? Right? Nobody has unlimited absolute freedom in this world. A lot of us imagine we have it. Where we we cry we cry out for it. We we demand it, but there is no such thing as a freedom that doesn't that is separated from responsibility. So here, a blessing is given, a freedom is given, but it comes with a with a responsibility, right? You can eat of any tree freely, but this one tree you are not to eat. So that was the first command given, and the receiving of God's words, and. And God did not create man just to、uh, receive His words like a robot, right? Like a, like an empty vessel, just receiving and receiving. No, it was to have a relationship with Him. You you would see that right right after that, God walked with the man, 
to to look for a mate among the beasts, right? And uh, we also see that he would come and look for the man and the woman later on. So there is a relationship, right? There is a relationship that is bestowed upon the man and the woman. Uh, and the, one of the most blessed part of this is to receive God's words. But something, something happened. The, the man was going to be tested. The man and the woman were to be tested, right? And you and what happened was they failed the test. You go down to, to uh, Genesis chapter 3. So we go down to Genesis chapter 3 and we see that um, there is a serpent that God allows to be present in the garden for this test, right? And this is the arch enemy, Satan, right? Who used to be an archangel serving in heaven, but because of his pride, coveting the throne of God, he was cast down. Um, and he will be judged at the appointed time. But for now, he was still a part of God's plan. And he appeared in a form of a serpent in the garden, and God allowed this. Uh, and he came to the woman and asked, in a very crafty way. Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Notice again, right? Uh, the arch enemy always attacks the character of God, subtly or um, explicitly. And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. Right? And uh, notice that, that she, she didn't say what was commanded to, the, to her husband that from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from this one tree. But now it seems the subtleness is um, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. It's, it's, uh, it sounds a lot less benevolent and, and uh, generous. Chapter 3, verse 3. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. Well, Notice something that has happened happened subtly in the hearts of the man and the woman. Right? God gave the man the command in chapter 2, verse 16, that from any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Right? So the, the command was clear, right? You can eat any tree, right? I give you the whole garden, just that one tree. You're not ready for it, it's not good for you right now. You have to trust me. And and uh, that that generosity, that blessing was given with love. That warning was also given with love. And the man was to share that command with the wife, uh, with the wife would, would surely know. However, something happened in their hearts that instead of of being grateful, growing in a growing in gen, uh, in gratitude for the for the grace and mercy of God. Uh, they were now allowing um, themselves to think of God as maybe less kind and and uh, even stingy, harsh, because they were saying here, "Don't only you you shall not eat from it or touch it even." Wow. Don't even touch it. That's what God said when He didn't. Right. So there is a growing subtle change. In and doubt for the character of God, right? Some some people 
thing that that uh, the whole human race failed fell into sin. The disobedience happened when the teeth of Adam and Eve sink or sunk into the fruit. Only when the teeth sunk into the fruit, that was when sin happened. That is not true, right? That is not true. Have you thought of doing something sinful, wicked, um, selfish today? You thought of it first before you acted upon it. Often you might think about it and you may um, consider the consequences and think of the, yeah, you know what? It's not worth it to do it. But the, the thought process has already begun in the heart. Now, what is the heart? Right? The heart, when the Bible uses the word heart, it doesn't use, the way, use it the same way that Hollywood uses it. Right? When Hollywood uses it, it's about follow your heart, follow your heart. Right? It's, it's often just referring to your emotions, which, which is a part of the heart. But, but, but uh, that is a terrible advice to give ourselves or to give anyone to follow the heart and just imagine it referring to, to just emotions. Right? When the Bible uses the word heart, like you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, uh, it's refer referring to your entire being, right? which includes your thinking, yes, your emotions as well, and your will. Right? When words are used like spirit and heart and soul and mind in the body, it refers to a very complex unity right? Of, of the whole person. That is who you and I are. Like it's right now, it's, it's my heart speaking to your heart, right? And it is God's heart speaking to us through His Word. And, and so when we think about the heart here, the heart is really um, central, right? God comes to save hearts and God comes to transform hearts, not just to, tr to modify behavior. Right? If, if you have family members uh, or, or colleagues or people in your church and they're behaving in a way that irritates you or just provokes you, um, our temptation is to like think of how we can get them to change their behavior. That, that, that's because we, that's how sinners think. Right? Whereas God is concerned with our hearts. So you see, something has happened to Adam and Eve's heart along the way, right? They are living in God's garden. Uh, they are blessed with abundance. And yet, growing in their heart was this discontentment. Discontentment, they started to covet this fruit in the middle of the, of the garden from the, uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan was going to take advantage of this. So he comes and he pinpoints this desire, growing desire in their hearts. He then attacks God's character again in chapter 3, verse 4. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. Wow. And that's how he attacks us too, right? He attacks the character of God and causes the doubt. How can God be holy? How can God have this majestic holiness and is untouchable, untainted by sin. In fact, sin will be destroyed in his presence. How, how can God be like that, right? When you see so many things that you cannot understand in this world, right? And how can God be loving? How can God be infinitely wise, right? And all these, all these doubts come because Satan causes us to, to, to uh, 
be discontented and say, you know what? You better take matters into your own hands. And this is what happens. Verse 5, For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So don't trust Him. Trust yourself and do what you think is right. Wow. And so the woman was tempted. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took it, she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. And this is where the husband failed to protect the wife. He, he passed on the command that God gave him to her, but he too did not think about the, the holiness and mercy of God. Uh, regularly protected the command that was given and trusted to him and to and to care for his wife right and so he allowed her to be tempted to fall into temptation and he himself followed in after that after her right and then we know what happened then right they they, they, they re suddenly realized they were naked and they started to sew fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Now, this is not just about physical nakedness, all right? right? Uh, recall earlier um, that uh, in chapter 2, verse 24, it says that, that when, when God instituted marriage, right? marriage is God's idea, not man's. Man doesn't know how to create a marriage. Marriage is God's idea, right? In chapter 2, verse 24, it says that when for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Right? It's not just about becoming one flesh physically. That's, that's not possible. Right? But there shall be one person. Right? And verse 25, it says that the man and the wife were both naked and not ashamed. And this nakedness is not just about physical nakedness. It's talking about having nothing between us. Nothing between the man and the wife. They had a loving, intimate, reconciled relationship right and now they realize they have done wrong they have disobeyed their creator their master together and they have not stopped one another from that and they realize they were also naked yes physically and so they tried to cover themselves with their own uh, man-made fig leaves and that has been the human condition since then uh Dear friends, right? We we hide, we hide um, to sin. We try to hide our sins. We try to hide the idols, the, the 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 sinful desires that drive us in our heart, and we try to cover it up on our own. We try to find our own man-made solutions to do that. Okay, but in verse eight, look at what look look and see what happened. They hear the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from his presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Right? And so God comes to look for them. Right? That is amazing. And uh, so this is where um, we can see this is what happened. No wonder we have this broken or corrupted desire where we are hungry now for content, but we are never satisfied because our relationship with God since Adam and Eve has been broken. And now we may say, hey, hey this is, I don't even believe uh, in Adam and Eve, right? How could, what happened to this couple, the very first couple 
uh, created by God be even related to me? Well, you know, if 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 um, the representative of your country, right, uh, loses a game in a sporting event, right, the whole the whole country loses, right? A representative, you're, you you already put forth your best representative, and you may say that hey, hey, I I didn't I didn't choose those people. Hey, those are the representative of your country. Similarly, right, Adam and Eve were the representative of mankind, right, and they were the first ones, and they were the best, the best, really. Um, and they failed. And we only need to look at our, our lives right now. We need to examine our lives right now, right? Um, are are we any better, really, than Adam Adam and Eve? What happens at the, at the fall is we now ex- we exchange God for something lesser creation uh, for ourselves let's say to 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 want to worship ourselves instead of worshiping the one true holy and loving god of the universe we exchange that to to worship ourselves or worship other things in creation and and uh and our desires were corrupted and that's that's why our hunger for content are never satisfied today but there is hope we see we saw in the passage in genesis 3 God came to look for the man and woman, and he is still looking for uh, people to save today. But we will get more to that in the next episode. Uh, Have a great week following your case. Thank you for visiting the Narrowgate Outpost. We are a small group of volunteers who love our Lord Jesus. Our goal is to refresh other pilgrims on their way to King Jesus by providing truthful and helpful content relevant to those seeking and following God in Southeast Asia, while we do welcome all from other regions. I'm your host, Paul, and I would like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast or come visit us regularly at narrowgateoutpost.org. May you be refreshed on your way to King Jesus.